Life Audio. 190 people a day overdose and die every single day in the United States of America. That is about a 737 plane. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day and killing 190 people? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Yes, sir. Welcome back. What's going on, man? Snowpocalypse in Tennessee. It, 2024 is, is upon us. It is the snowpocalypse, man. I, I, honestly, this is the most snow I've seen in a long time. Dude, it's Tennessee. been crazy. We got eight inches in two days That's here crazy. in the old That's Woodbury, a lot Tennessee. In Tennessee. And, yeah. and just for the record, I, I shared some frustration driving in the studio this morning. Tennessee, like I just said, is not used to snow. And so people who have lived here their whole life aren't used to driving in snow and ice. And so uh, I got behind a guy that was going five miles an hour. Let's go, baby. I got a little frustrated. I was about to pass him in my truck that's four-wheel drive. Even if it wasn't, five miles an hour was ridiculous. But then I saw a sticker on the back of his car. It said combat veteran. So I was like, all right, chill. Don't do not do something silly. Yeah, you'd have felt real bad, don't, huh? Don't disrespect this man. He's He's fought for our country. But yeah, it's been wild, man. It's it's been in the single digits. Yeah, it's so. been cold. I mean, it's I think it's twenty five today, and it felt warm just yeah. because how cold it's been. Which is crazy. And I think it's supposed to get pretty cold again next week. It's warming up today, but I think next week's going to drop back down again. Yeah, man. You know something cool? I went next door. We have next to the studio. We have a little coffee shop. But I was getting my coffee for uh, my morning here, and I walk in and to the right, and I snapped a picture. Carlos, you can put this up. It's just our guys in the coffee shop. Wearing the hoodie, one of them, I think, and they're doing a Bible study. Dude. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. That's cool, man. Some of our staff guys were in there doing mm-hmm. a Bible study. It was pretty cool. Man. Warm my heart. Yeah, we've been getting it in at the house as well, man. It's been really good. Um, a lot of us go to experience, so uh, yeah. we do a corporate fast each year to start the year That's off. Right. And it's, it's always, man, it's very, very special, intimate time with God. 40 days, right? Yeah. How's, uh, how's wedding planning? It's going good. I mean, she is uh, getting things knocked out left and right. Yeah. So when she desires my opinion, I give it, good. you know, That's and right. then outside of that, whatever she wants to do, I'm good with. So it's her day. However she wants it to look, I'm good with. I'm just, man, I'm I'm ready to marry that woman. Awesome, man. Awesome. Excited to marry her. So Awesome, man. So yeah, so kind of a new adventure or new addition here at S2L Studio uh, for the Life After Addiction podcast. Uh, we have a new producer, Jorian's still with us, man. He took a, a leap of faith and is uh, still with us to our recovery, but he's he's diving into more of a coaching thing and yeah. uh, kind of a mentor and disciple maker. And um, we have Carlos with us. Come on, uh, baby. If you don't remember Carlos, if you've watched, uh, I guess a few months ago, he came and kind of interned, not interned, uh, uh, consulted with us for about a month. Uh, and then he's with one common. Here's a clip of one common when they did the, uh, I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of edits up for him for his first episode. <laughs> Here's a clip from one common yeah. when they did the, the, uh, the concert with Ben Fuller, man, Carlos, this is what he's done. He went to school for, he does for a living. He's, a. Uh, uh, he's going to be an awesome addition, man. I'm excited about that. Yeah, he makes my job way easier. So he just tells me what to do. He bosses me around, and I'm like, let's yeah. go, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, man, this this episode, I, I saw this thing. Um, 
Jelly Roll. You know Jelly Roll? Yeah, he's a Nashville recording artist. I mean, I don't know like a lot about him, but I do know he makes music. I've heard a couple of his songs on the radio and stuff like that. You don't know him personally? No, I do not. I know you do, though. You, wanna, you want me to call him real quick? Yeah, call him real quick. Straight to voice Your call oh. has been forwarded to an <laughs> automatic voice message system. It just beeped. No, sorry. Uh, no, but Jelly Roll, yeah, he's, I think, I think started off early, maybe some rap, but now he's, he's went into a bunch of CMA, country music awards yeah. and stuff. So uh, he actually is from Middle Tennessee. He grew up pretty close to where I live uh, in Antioch, I think, outside of Smyrna. Um, but I saw this thing. Uh, I, yeah, I think I saw the whole thing, or someone sent it to us. A couple people sent it to me, actually, yeah. where he's addressing – uh, Congress about the opioid and the fentanyl situation. Uh, and I thought it'd be cool for us to react to it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. I had a couple of people send this to me. Um, I, I watched like 30 seconds to a minute of it. As you know, when people send me videos, I'm not too inclined to watch the whole thing, yeah. at least not always, but so I've seen a, a, a brief part of this, but no, I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. It's not too long, but I figured let's, um, Let's uh, let's watch it, see what he says. We might agree or disagree with some of the things he's saying, uh, but also, you know, reach out to Jelly Roll and tell him he needs to come on the podcast. Yeah. Walmart. So also, I know part of his story is you know he used to be in the streets yeah. and he used to sell drugs right. and do drugs That's and right. get high and be involved in that sort of lifestyle. And from what I see, it seems like his life has taken a turn. Now, I don't know if he's a believer or any of that, but. Um, his message that he speaks here is, is good yeah. from what I've heard. And, um, yeah, like you said, addresses the opioid crisis and pandemic, so to speak, that is going on uh, with drugs in general in America. And um, it's certainly a pandemic with how many deaths we see per year and that uh, number continuing to rise and just how many families are plagued by drug and alcohol use. I mean, it plagues, it probably touches every family in America. Yeah. Whether it's a brother, an uncle, a cousin, a sister, a, a whatever it is, you know, it, it touches every family at some point. Oh, yeah, point. dude. Yeah, yeah. And about him being a believer, I, I don't know the man's heart. I do know some people that go to church with him. Oh, okay. Uh, he takes his daughter to church. And, uh, man, I think he's just, uh, he is who he is. Like, yeah. he's not going to change, but he is. I mean, I can say that I know some people that have been at church with him. So, like, That's re- awesome. like currently. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So without further ado, man, you want to dive in? Let's go. Let's do this. Start with Mr. DeFord. Welcome. Oh, wow, that guy's For your first awesome. committee hearing, I assume. Uh, forgive me. I'm a little nervous. I'm used to having a rock and roll band behind me when I have a microphone in front of me. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, during the time that I've been given to share my testimony here, I think it's important to note before I start that in these five minutes I'll be speaking that somebody in the United States will die mm. of a drug overdose, and it is almost a 72% chance that during those five minutes it will be fentanyl-related. Having started that way, Chairman Brown, ranking members... Mm. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hold on right there. Committee members, thank you for... Fentanyl related. So I believe he said every five minutes in the United States, someone dies of a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. Every five minutes. How many minutes are in a day? Someone math. I mean, gosh, that that was... (laughs) You made us look real bad right there. So it's 24 hours. 24 times 60 is... um, 1,440. Sorry, I go. did that in my head pretty you quick. You did. That was quick. That, that was quick. 1,440 <laughs> divided that by five would be. Hold on. I'm in my head. <laughs> yeah. I got to take He's carry, thinking, carry, carry the two. Carry the two. Over to there. Four. 288 people a day. Mm. Uh, and we were joking, but let's dive back in because yeah. these are people, not stats. But 288 people a day in the United States die of drug overdose, mm. if, if my math is right. That's just drug overdose. That doesn't include alcohol-related deaths, which is sky high. Yeah. Sky high. Yeah. That doesn't include, and then it says 70-something percent of that is fentanyl. Fentanyl, man. Now we could get into some different things. Different. This has become a political conversation about how it's getting here. But, man, if you're listening, uh, I want you to know it's not just people taking fentanyl knowingly that are dying from drug Correct. overdose. yeah. If you're out there, man, and you're you, they're putting fit, they're cutting everything with fentanyl right now. Uh, I, I've talked about doing funerals, man. I'm tired of doing. I just want to warn you, please stop. It's it's scarier now than ever. We've talked about how when we came up, man, you overdosed, and uh, we, mm-hmm. but we didn't come up really in the fentanyl era, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, please be careful. Get help today. Yeah, like you said, I mean, when I overdosed on fentanyl, I, I didn't even know fentanyl was in the heroin I was doing. But, man, it's laced in whether it's ecstasy, pressed pills, cocaine, cocaine weed, I mean, weed, heroin. I mean, it, it's laced in all these different substances that you buy off the streets and you don't even know it. So, like Adam said, it's not like someone's, you know, intentionally using fentanyl, which I'm not saying if you do or you don't makes it any better. But, um, yeah, it is it is absolutely dangerous. And just the amount. You know, the minuscule amount of fentanyl it takes to kill a person is next to nothing. You can see you can see pictures online if you type it in, like of the amount of uh, fentanyl it takes to kill you uh, beside like a quarter. And I mean, it is so small. It's such a small amount that it takes. It's like a few uh, grains of salt. It's tiny. It's tiny. So what he's saying every five minutes in the United States, someone dies of drug overdose, 71 or whatever number he said, percent of those people. Uh, it's fentanyl related. So guys, wake up, wake up, oh sleepers. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know this is a bit of a curveball, but I like a little baseball myself. My name is Jason D4, <laughs> but to most I am yeah. known as Jelly Roll. I, it is important to establish earlier that I am a musician and that I have no political alliance. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. In fact, because of my past, my right to vote has been restricted. Thus far, I have never paid attention a to a political race in my life. Ironically, I think that makes me the perfect person to speak about this because fentanyl Mm. transcends partisanship and ideology, gentlemen and women. Mm. This is a totally different problem. And I was speaking outside to the media and I I gave them a statistic that said 190 people a day overdose and die every single day in the United States of America. That is about a 737 plane. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day and killing 190 people. All right, hold up. Mm. Hold up. Jelly Roll, thank you for watching the Forgotten Pandemic documentary. I knew that's where you were going with that. I know that's where you got that stat. Uh, (laughs) Carlos, play the clip. (laughs) 
What if you woke up every morning and you turned on the news and you saw that a jumbo jet carrying 300 passengers, no survivors, every day, 300 people dying from a plane crash. I mean, we would rise up. We wouldn't stand for that. I gave this info to Bruce. I believe Bruce said this in the documentary. Uh, But it's true, the 737. Thank you, uh, Jelly Roll, for watching it. But but that's true, man. Like, where's the outrage? It's it's crazy to think. And I think we have – I think our heart for it um, is that much more involved because we see the men who it's – like, we see the actual people who end up dying. Like, we talk to the families uh, where we walk with the men who are in this realm, so to speak, and have the possibility of overdosing and dying. And gosh, I, I don't even know how many people that have died that I know. Yeah. I, I really, I, I couldn't even put a number on it because man, there's so many people that I've forgotten who have passed away just because the number is incredibly high. Yeah. And man, you, when you see that these are real people, this isn't just like a number, you know, this is a real person. This is a real mother and a real father mourning their child's death or, you know, whoever it may be, or a son losing a father or a parent, whatever the case may be. These are real lives that are dying yeah. every single day, like every single day. And the drug problem in our country continues to get worse and worse and worse. And there's only one way to escape that, man, and it is by a personal relationship with Christ. I should be dead. I, I, I died, in fact. And, man, I was resuscitated, brought back to life, and then God fully healed me and delivered me from a life of addiction, from a life of drugs and substance abuse. But, man, it was hopeless for many, many years for me, and I thought there was no way out until I found the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, and just to, we're barely into this video, but yeah. it's it's stirring some things, man. He's it's pretty cool that he's doing this for one and and taking this with his platform to to be a voice. But if you're listening to what he just said and you're an atheist and you're just like, oh, well, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and I'm not, I've, I got off of drugs, man. I don't think you're understanding what we're talking about. We're talking about freedom, not sobriety. We're talking about freedom to where you, it's it's you've been set free. You don't want to do those things anymore, as opposed to sobriety where. You're white knuckling it, and you're not doing those things because of the consequence. Also, I'll add, we just talked about before we started recording, it's humorous how many atheists want to comment on our social media platform and make sure that their voice is heard about not believing in God. And, man, honestly, the Word of God says that you do know that there's a God, and you're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, as it says in Romans. You're suppressing the truth like a beach ball. You're holding it underwater. You know that there is a God. The 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 creation itself speaks of it. Um, or if, if I want to go more of a just a, a non-biblical way, you're, you're wanting your opinion to be heard, but yet your, your intelligence level is questioned because you're a person who believes that from nothing, from nothing became everything. Well, I believe that too, but I, I believe a creator spoke it into existence. You, you think there is no creator and, and just nothing became everything. How is that possible? Yeah. Nothing became everything. And so that's, that's ignorant to me. Yeah. Well, because it's 190 drug addicts, we don't feel that way. Because America has been known to bully and shame drug addicts instead of dealing and trying to understand what the actual root of the problem is with that. But the sad news is that that narrative is changing, too, because the statistics say that in all likelihood, almost every person in this room has lost a friend, family member or colleague to the disease known as addiction. 
Yeah, we can talk about that. The disease. The disease known as addiction. Man, I think what he's saying, I would like to see where he got that stat. Let's start there, but the stats are almost everybody in the room. It looks like a pretty crowded room. Um, so you could probably say that in any room. The stats are that everybody in the room has lost someone, yeah. either a friend, family, or colleague, mm-hmm. to addiction. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It, it's unnecessary. There's hope from this. If, if you're watching this, and I was talking with someone yesterday, man, there is hope. Like, these statistics are real, and they're scary, and you probably uh, <laughs> don't be a statistic, man. You don't have to be. Reach out today. Male or female, reach out today. We, we're an all-male facility at S2L, the program that Chitty and I went through. Uh, but reach out today. That's your first move, man. You've got to get help, and, and you don't have to be one of those statistics, one of those family members, one of those loved ones, one of those colleagues that's no longer with us because of this. Um, but when when he says disease, man, that might be where we have um, some friction uh, when it comes to what the secular, what the world could call addiction and what um, – you know what I might think addiction is, and I think, and I want your opinion. I don't know if you even want to speak about it, but I think we have to clarify what what we mean by disease, right? What what the word disease? Could you pull up? Could you Google disease? Um, because if we're talking about the actual definition of disease and what it might do, but man, so if you're going to hamstring me based on the actual definition of disease, what does it say? Uh, says a, a disorder of structure or function in a human animal or what is that plant. plant, especially one that has a known cause and a distinctive group of symptoms, signs or anatomical changes. So yeah, by the pure definition of disease, yeah, there is a disorder. Yeah, in the structure of what's going on. Yeah, uh, I think what if if you're going to hamstring me to that definition of disease. Yeah, there's some disorder that's going on. We know the cause and why it happened. But, man, I'm going to say, if you hamstring me in that, that it is a curable disease. So whereas the mainstream is going to say it's incurable and that you could be in remission, but you will always have this disease and you will always be an addict or an alcoholic. I disagree with that. I believe that statement is from the pits of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we can even speak experientially. So definitively, even if it, you know, it it does fall under the category of a disease. I I agree with what Adam's saying. Like it is a curable disease. You know, I used to have to go to AA and NA classes due to alcohol and drug related tickets I would get. And essentially what I was taught was that you are an addict. You always will be an addict, but the best life you can live is a life of remission, but you'll always be this, but try not to be what you are. And that just goes directly against what God's word says. It's antithetical to the word of God that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he tells us that we are new creations. The old has passed. Behold, all things have been made new. And like I said, I'm speaking on this experientially. Like I was a drug addict. I was addicted to drugs for many, many, many years. I was hopeless, distraught, and wanted to die for a long time. I felt as if I was stuck. I was trapped. There is no way out. 
Then I, uh, you know, the gospel was presented to me. I came to S2L in 2017. I found out who Christ was. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And slowly but surely, that transformation started to occur from the inside out. When we talk about freedom, the book of Second Peter chapter 1 talks about we can escape the corruption that is in this world due to deceitful desires. Yep. And that God can radically transform your heart. He can transform your mind. And the desires that I want had those worldly passions and lust and wanting to fill myself with greed and sex and drugs and rock and roll and money, man, those desires were literally changed, taken from me. And God filled me with desires that are good, with things that are pure, with things that are of him, a supernatural transformation occurred in my life. And so whenever I say I'm free, it's not that I just don't do drugs and get high, but I still want to. It's the fact that I genuinely from the bottom of my heart have no desire to do those things anymore. And for me, that that was everything I ever wanted, because you can want to get sober, you can want to get clean and try to do the right thing. But those still desire those those desires, if you still don't know Christ, are still there to do them. Like I still want to do them. I know it's bad. I know it ends horribly. I know I'm going to hurt my family. I know I'm going to cheat lying still, Mm -hmm. but I have to do it because the desire is still there. Well, man, whenever you give your life to the Lord, like I said, through that heart transformation, my desires change. I didn't change them. The spirit of God within me took those old desires and implanted new desires that were pure, holy, and righteous within me. And now these are the things that I desire more than anything else. That's so good, man. And like I was talking earlier, man, I was going through the week trying to find some new things, the clips and stuff to put yeah. up. And I rewatched the what what make why what makes S two L special to me or whatever mm-hmm. video. And it's on this channel a few months back, and there's a clip where you say uh, you're in it, obviously, and there's a few other. It's really cool videos. It kind of goes through four or five guys' stories, and, and Chitty's one of them. But you say, man, they, they told me that that was who I was, right? And they said, hey, don't do all of these things, but that's who you are. Right. And you said, man, that's less something like that's less hope. Right. And it was confusing. That's even more hopeless than uh, yeah. where I was. And he said it with passion. I don't know. I would say put the clip up, but I've already done <laughs> it to call this too many times. But, but yeah, man, that was a powerful, powerful thing that you said there. It's like it's, it's brain broke, right? When you look at certain systems, like we were talking about the atheist, you look at certain systems of the secular world, and it's brain broke. You're telling me this, but then you're saying this. I am this, but don't do this what I am. Yeah. That's brain bro. That's not who you are. That's what you did. Yeah. And, and even to someone who's out there struggling right now as we watch this, because the chances are probably 100% that somebody who's watching this is currently struggling yeah. with drugs or alcohol. What do you have to lose? Even if you don't believe in the whole God thing and you think that's a fairy tale. What I had to ask myself is fundamentally what I have done up to this point, my own thoughts, my own ideas, my best ideas would land me in the worst places I had ever been in my yeah. life. And so I got to a place of, Ryan, what do you have to lose? I can continue to be prideful, arrogant, and proud and act like I know everything and that I know what's best. Had I known what's best, I wouldn't be in hopeless despair over and over again every day, every month, every week, every year in the same place. So you got to humble yourself and realize maybe I don't know what's best. Maybe I can take the advice from people who have been down the same road that I have, but have found freedom from these things. And not only humble yourself before God, but humble yourself before godly men or godly women who is placed in your life, who have been praying over you, who have been trying to speak truth to you in love. You just haven't wanted to hear it. But I would say to you and encourage you, what do you have to lose by buying it? Mm. Like what, what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose in everything thing to gain at this point 
That's good. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> That's a good song. Thank you. You know it? Yeah. What's the next part? I don't know. but And I'm... he will lift you up. It's just scripture. Okay. I know you don't know much scripture. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've attended more funerals than I care to share with y'all. This committee, too, I could man. sit here and cry for Gosh. days about the caskets I've carried of people I loved dearly, hmm. deeply, in my soul, good people. Not just drug addicts, yeah, uncles, mm. Amen. friends, cousins, normal people. Some people that mm. just got in a car wreck and started taking a pain pill to manage it. One thing led to the other. And how fast it spirals out of control. I don't think people mm. truly, we, we truly can, understand. Yeah. We can stop it right there because, I mean, I think there's this preconceived notion that like everybody who is addicted to drugs and alcohol is just like this worthless. Can I say P.O.S.? Well, I just did if you need to cut that. But it's like just this worthless person and yeah. just like has been the most terrible human being ever since day one in their life. And all they do is desire to hurt everybody and destroy everybody and kill everything around them. And they just could care less about people and all they care about is themselves. And yes, I know their actions reflect that. But this could be a man who was a good dude his whole life and got prescribed pain pills for a back surgery that he had. And before you know it, he finds himself in a 10 year long drug addiction. This could be a kid who just started smoking weed. And I'm not justifying no. that, but something very simple and innocent when you're 13 years old and you don't know any better. Um, and even if you do, it seems innocent at the time. And before you know it, you're drinking. And then that drinking leads to taking pills. And man, that's how I found myself. I didn't plan on being this corrupt drug addict who steals, kills and destroys everything around me and lies and deceives no it started innocent i started smoking weed before you know it i'm drinking at high school parties it seems innocent then that becomes taking pills and then before you know it man i'm in full-blown addiction destroying everything around me and it's like i, I don't want to sound like it's poor me but I, I i love what he said about these are real people like these are real people these are uncles and fathers and sons and daughters and yeah. um these are real people and uh i think we could show a level of compassion and empathy obviously by holding them accountable and calling them higher but also coming alongside them and doing something about it instead of just rebuking them yeah man for, for the most part when the these people uh when we get the hooks out of them they're the most loyal people yeah. man they would lay under a bus for their boys they would take the bullet for the old lady that they never met. Uh, these kind of people are good-hearted people that have hooks in them. And so, yeah, I agree with what he's saying. So many people. Equally, I think it's important for me to tell you all that I'm not here to defend the use of illegal drugs. And I also understand mm -hmm. the paradox of my history as a drug dealer standing in front of this committee. But equally, I think that's what makes me perfect to talk about this. I was a part of the problem. I am here now standing as a man that wants to be a part of the solution. I brought my community down. I hurt people. I was the uneducated man in the kitchen playing I mean? chemists mm -hmm. with drugs I knew to do absolutely good nothing about. Mm -hmm. Just like these drug dealers are doing right now when they're mixing every drug on the market with fentanyl. And they're killing we the people that. we love. Mm. Mm. I'll be honest with y'all. My desire is to only get older and only do better and be better. I believed when I sold drugs genuinely that selling drugs was a victimless crime. I truly believe that, y'all. My father always told me what doesn't get you in the wash will get you in the rinse. Now I have a 15-year-old daughter whose mother is a drug addict. 
every day I get to look in the eyes of a victim in my household of the effects of drugs every single day. And every single day I have to wonder if me and my wife, if today will be the day that I have to tell my daughter that her mother became a part of the national statistic. History repeats itself, gentlemen. Even in the 1990s, crack cocaine had long made its way into my middle lower class neighborhood. And at that moment, even as a teenager, you could have never convinced me in that moment that there would be a far bigger problem on the horizon in the form of a pharmaceutical drug. And then I watched opioids and Oxycontin burst yep. onto the scene. Mm. I'm here to tell y'all that fentanyl is going to make the Sackler family look like saints. Ooh, hold up. Fentanyl is going to make the Sackler family look like saints. The Sackler family is Oxycontin. He's the producers mm. of Oxycontin. Mm. Are there that big pharma? Um, I can't remember what pharmaceutical company. Purdue, maybe? It Sackler sounds family, right. The Sackler family is the ones that were founded or owned Purdue, and he said that fentanyl is going to make the Sackler family mm. look like saints. Mm. Is that right, Purdue Pharma? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to let y'all sit with that for a speaker. second. Yeah, he's smooth mm -hmm. as ice, man. It is time for us to be proactive and not reactive. We were reactive with crack. We were reactive with opioids. And y'all are taking the first step. It's somebody in Senate finally being proactive. I truly believe in my heart that this bill, that this bill will stop the supply and can help stop the supply of fentanyl. But in part of being proactive, gentlemen and, and women I, and, and ladies, I have to be frank and tell y'all that if we don't talk to the other side of Capitol Hill and stop the demand, we are going to spin our tires in the mud. Y'all are taking the first step, but I encourage you to take it outside of this room and you take it to your colleagues and your constituents and you give them the most that you can. I know I've got a few seconds here and Senator Brown said I may or may not go over. Um, all I want to say is that I not only encourage y'all to do this, I encourage y'all to take it a step further. At every concert I perform, I witness the heartbreaking impact of fentanyl. I see fans grappling with this tragedy in the form of music that they seek solace in music and hope that their experiences won't befall others. They crave reassurance. These are the people I'm here to speak for, y'all. These people crave reassurance that their elected officials actually care more about human life than they do about ideology and partisanship. I stand here as a regular member of society. I am a stupid songwriter, y'all, but I have firsthand witnessed this in a way most people have not. I encourage y'all to not only pass this bill, but I encourage you to bring it up where it matters at the kitchen table. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Man, good job. He's be, I wasn't yeah. expecting him to be that good of a He's speaker good, like that. And so what bill do you know? What I don't bill know. He I was... wish I knew what bill and I wish he, I knew what um, he meant by going across. And, and so the bill is going to deal, I'm assuming, with the supply, like tighten up the border or whatever it may be about fentanyl making. I mean, you remember, we've done a podcast where they were trying to make fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. That's on the, one of these videos yeah. called uh, WMD. Mm -hmm. Think about why. And now we see why. Yeah. I mean, if it was labeled a weapon of mass destruction, it would have this many penalties and it would just be harder to get. So I don't know. It's probably something to do with the supply. Did it say when you pulled that up? <clears throat> I wonder what he meant when he said the, to go across the Congress and go across the hill and deal with the demand. If he's talking about funding and giving more resources for recovery facilities. Uh, it says, for the passage of the FEND, FEND Off Fentanyl Act, the bill introduced by Scott seeks to respond to international fentanyl trafficking yeah. by imposing sanctions and uh, anti-money laundering measures in attempt to target 
China and Mexico's illicit fentanyl supply chain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what I thought. But, but what state was, was he? Was that in Tennessee where he was? Or was um, he in Capitol Hill? Where I think he was in Washington. Hmm. I think it was a. I think it was. Yeah, I was US. highly impressed with him. With him speaking, he's smooth. He he is smooth. He is smooth. Yeah, he's got he's got the southern charm to him, but also smooth with his words. He's and good. experience in in these things, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. First hand, he said. Man, right. I, I think that make ironically that makes me the first uh, one of the best ones. Yeah, I agree with him. But I think he meant by not only dealing with the supply, the bill deals with the supply, but going taking it a step further and dealing with the demand. Do you think he's talking about like? propping up recovery facilities absolutely that's how i took it like the demand like meaning let's help the people let's come alongside the people and figure out a solution with the people who are struggling with these things so that the demand does go down yeah jelly roll thank you man that was that was that was great thank you for being an advocate what he said uh the stats and his passion and and for the most part that entire thing man i agree with and um yeah I, i love that he's making it more and more aware yeah, I'm with it, man. I think that's it. That's it. That's life after addiction. You better believe it. Let's Thank go. you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number two, LRecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMUS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.